Well, good morning, church family. Here it is uh, Wednesday, July the 22nd of 2020, and we have the privilege of opening up the Word of God together again as we uh, continue our study in Psalm 119, uh, particularly the third section uh, entitled Gimel, uh, as we take a look at verses 17 through 24. And uh, before we do uh, open up the Word together, let's go ahead and, and open up in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, and Lord, as we have the privilege of having your word in our own language that we can pick up and read at any given time. Lord, I ask that you would put a desire within our hearts to, to do that, to spend the time uh, diving deeply into the word of God, uh, and to glean everything that there is, uh, knowing that uh, this is what we need, because uh, we are no longer citizens of this world, but we are we are citizens of heaven. Uh, we are sons and daughters of, of, of you. And so, therefore, we should um, be in your word each and every day uh, so that we know how we should live before you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As you know, we uh, began uh, the first part of Psalm 119, uh, section uh, Gimel, uh, verses 17 through 24, last week. And today we're going to be finishing out that section as we take a look uh, at verses 20 through 24. Uh, and so without further ado, let's go ahead and, and continue on. Uh, and let's, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and read verse uh, 20 here, where it says, My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. So as you know, we in this section we've been uh, seeing the psalmist speak to the different obstacles uh, that uh, life presents and how the Word of God can overcome them. Uh, and this section here, uh, of particularly verse 20, uh, we're speaking to overcoming the obstacle of inconsistency in loving the Word uh, and loving the, uh, the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. Listen to what Spurgeon said. He says, Longing lingers not within a lifeless corpse. Where the heart is breaking with desire, there is life. This may comfort some of you. You have not attained as yet to the holiness you admire, but you long for it. Ah, then you are a living soul. The life of God is in you. So Spurgeon is saying here that longings do not uh, live in a lifeless corpse. Uh, so, in other words, the lifeless corpse does not long for anything because there's no life in it. Uh, and as we take a look at the Word of God, there should be a, a longing within our lives for the Word of God to be part of who we are. Because it is what defines us. It tells us who we are. Uh, and the psalmist says, my soul is consumed with longing. You know, the, the psalmist's soul is, is literally crushed. Here in Hebrews, we can use the word crushed. His soul was crushed with a longing for God's word. Now, stop a moment and think here, um, because even as I was reading this and as I'm studying this, I, I can't say with 100% surety that my, my soul is crushed with a longing for the word of God. Uh, you know, remember in, in Matthew chapter 5, as we were at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, it said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So there's a hunger and a thirst. Uh, and, and sometimes we use the phrase, you know, uh, in relation to someone who uh, died, that they died from a broken heart. 
Uh, and that same kind of phraseology is what we're seeing here in, in the psalmist. He's saying that my soul is consumed with longing. My soul is crushed with a longing for the Word of God. So what, when you look at yourself, uh, and, and, and this is something for each one of us to do, and when we, we take and, and examine ourselves uh, to see whether or not we're abiding in the Word of God, that we are, are, are living as we should, what, what is your constant feeling, desire, yearning, aspiration, and hope for? Because the psalmist here is saying that his soul is crushed with a longing for the Word of God. So in other words, there is, it's so overwhelming, it is so consuming, the, the, it is an all-consuming prospect that, that if he did not have the Word of God, that his life would, would be no more, uh, that there would be no, no purpose in it, that he would be without life. Uh, and when we think about that, you know, even in relation to our world and our worldview, uh, as we've been uh, going, uh, last week we went through VBS with the teens and we talked about worldview, the importance of us making sure that we, we have a biblical worldview and seeing things from a biblical perspective. Uh, that, you know, does that define who we are? Can we say that, you know, if a day goes by and we don't crack open our Bibles, um, not because we were doing things that were bad, but we, we allowed all kinds of other things to, to consume our time to the point where we did not spend time in the Word of God, um, then there's a sense in which, you know, the psalmist is saying that, that there, he's spiritually dead at that point uh, because he's crushed um, if, if, if he doesn't have that longing fulfilled. Um, you know, do you feel a sense of disappointment, emptiness, frustration, or sorrow when you do not spend time meditating on the Word of God? Well, the thing is, we should. Because, as we learned last time, we are not uh, citizens of this world anymore. And so, we don't look for all the things that this world has to offer. Uh, and we, we are not the center of the universe any longer. Uh, which, that, that is man's idea, is that... He is the end-all, say-all of everything, that I am my own person, I am in charge, and therefore uh, nothing else matters. Uh, well, that's not what identifies those who belong to Jesus Christ, because we've been bought with a price. Uh, we have a master, we are the servant, uh, and that relationship is beautiful. Uh, and, and when we are not in the Word of God, when we don't have an overall overwhelming sense of being crushed with a longing for the Word of God, then we need to step back and say, what's wrong? Uh, are we not walking like we should? Uh, because, you know, like the psalmist, our soul should be consumed with a longing for the Word of God uh, to be part of who we are, because it is our instruction now. It is what we need as citizens of heaven. Well, he continues on in verse 21 and says, You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. And so this obstacle here that the psalmist is speaking to is an obstacle of pride toward the word of God and toward God himself. Uh, and the Bible has a lot to say uh, about pride and being proud. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Likewise, you are who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, 
but gives grace to the humble. Uh, in the wisdom literature, in the book of Proverbs, uh, uh, chapter 16, verse 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, chapter 29, verse 23 says, One's pride will bring him low, but he, will, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. So we know that God um, demands humility. Uh, he does not want to see uh, pride you know, come in to play with those who belong to him. Uh, pride is what caused uh, uh, Satan to fall. Uh, pride is what uh, caused Adam and Eve to fall. Uh, and so as we, we look at this, he, uh, the psalmist is perceptive to the actions of the people around him. Because notice he says, you rebuke the insolent, the uh, accursed ones, those who wander from your commandments. So he, he's looking around at himself and saying and seeing what's going on to those who are proud. Uh, and, and he's basically saying that, you know what, I, I want to make sure that I, that's not an obstacle for me. Because uh, he doesn't like what he sees, he doesn't like what the end result of pride is, and we know that you know, not only does God oppose the proud, uh, but that pride goes before destruction, uh, because pride will cause us to stumble and fall. Uh, those who are proud before God uh, already stand condemned uh, as those uh, before God. Uh, matter of fact, he uses the words accursed ones. Uh, and here in the Hebrew, that those that the words translated "accursed ones" is those who are powerless to resist being proud before God, because pride is uh, it has a grip on them. Uh, it's something that they are participating in uh, because uh, uh, they are proud people. Uh, they're not humble in heart. They're not like Jesus Christ, who humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant. Uh, he came to serve and not to be served. You know, the psalmist's purpose in his heart is not to wander from the word of God or to be like those who are powerless to humble themselves before God. Because, you know what, there's no joy in those that are puffed up, in those who are, are humble. All they, their lives are, are full of uh, things that are contrary uh, to God. They are really miserable people. Um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, uh, this verse come, came to mind as I'm thinking about uh, the fact that we should watch and make sure that uh, we are not those who are uh, wandering from the, the Word of God. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to, to think, or not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So even in, in Paul's letter to the Church of Rome, he is, is you know, stating very clearly that uh, we are prone uh, to, to think more highly of ourselves, and therefore the caution is, don't do that. Do not become proud before God in his word. In this next section, um, I'm, I'm lumping together verses 22 and 23 because they, they speak to the same obstacle that is being overcome uh, verse 23 giving us a little bit more detail as to uh, uh, who uh, he is receiving disdain from. Uh, and so verses 22 and 23 say this, Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your commandments. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. 
So this next obstacle to, to overcome is disdain towards those who slander you. Because uh, you'll notice that, the, that these individuals have scorn and contempt for him. Um, they're actually princes, sit plotting against me. Um, and, you know, the old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, uh, is not a true statement because words can hurt and do hurt. And the thing is, is what, what, what do we do with what people say about us? Whether it's true or not, um, when it's not true and it is slander, then it does hurt. Uh, but even still, if it's things that people are saying about us that are true, uh, when we are exposed that way, uh, that also too does hurt. Um, you know, in the, the, the law, it says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Uh, in in uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, it says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Uh, also in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18, it says, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. See, the psalmist here has experienced firsthand those who are uh, falsely accusing him. They, they have scorn and contempt for him even plotting evil things against him. Uh, those in high-ranking positions, because it says, uh, even though princes sit plotting against me. Um, now, we, we don't know uh, why he is the focus of this behavior against him, uh, but we do see his heart's desire in relation to responding toward it. Because what is his prayer here? Take away from me. Take away from me those who are scorning and contempting me and have contempt for me. You know, uh, and the word the, the the word here in Hebrew "take away" literally means to roll it away. Uh, and you know, he, the psalmist is is, is you know, petitioning God in prayer to you know to take this away from him uh, because he's aware of what it you know could happen if. Uh, he continues, you know, being underneath of this thumb of oppression. Um, and to safeguard himself, he wants to replace it with God's testimonies, uh, uh, which are uh, witness to proper conduct. Uh, as we, we take a look at that word uh, utilized for the word of God, testimonies are those which witness to proper conduct. And these individuals have not been treating him properly. Uh, and he wants to make sure that his conduct is proper in relation to response to them, as well as God's statutes, as he says uh, in verse 23, uh, which are God's enacted laws. Um, you know, listen to what Spurgeon said. He says, the best way to deal with slander is to pray about it. God will either remove it or remove the sting from it. Our own attempts at clearing ourselves are usually failures. Uh, and so it's very smart for the psalmist to go to the very source of the one who can, one, with his almighty power, remove it, or two, uh, in his, uh, uh, you know, through his Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, uh, give us the perspective that we need in order to get through it, uh, and the strength that is also almighty, uh, guiding us, you know, in the path that we should take, even if it means just removing the sting of it, even though it's still there. First Peter chapter four, verse 14 says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Now, we don't know, like I said, why he is receiving this, you know, um, scorn and contempt. Uh, 
but he is one who fears God, the psalmist. Uh, he, he loves God's word. And so there's not, it's not a stretch to say that you know, this could be coming out of the fact that he belongs to God, that he is being scorned and, and shown contempt and that princes are plotting against him because he stands uh, on the word of God. He stands on his faith in, in uh, Jesus Christ as he looks forward to Christ's coming as the Messiah uh, and believes in God. Then finally, uh, we wrap up this section uh, in verse uh, 24, where it says, Your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. So what impact does these prayers have on the psalmist as he seeks to overcome the obstacles of life pertaining to the Word of God? Well, the impact is they are his delight. Um, they bring him to the place that he needs to be, because the God of the, of the Bible and his Word uh, takes us where we need to go. Uh, the Word of God really helps us to remember the promises. It helps us to see things from God's perspective, to see things as God sees them. And so, therefore, as he appeals to God, as he prays uh, to his master, uh, the master gives him what he needs. Uh, and, and that brings delight into his life. Uh, so much so that he knows that uh, all these things that God is going to, to do in helping uh, remove the obstacles that can keep him from uh, you know, being in the Word of God each and every day so that uh, the very uh, thing that consumes uh, his soul to the point of crushing it and longing for the Word of God will be there. Uh, he, he sees the Word of God as his counselors, taking in every ounce of its knowledge and its wisdom for uh, shepherding him and guiding him through anything he may face, that he's taking God uh, uh, the God who is uh, the creator, the God who is his God at his word, that he's going to do the very thing that he has promised to do. Taking to heart how complacency robs him of experiencing the joy and, and the satisfying life that God gives. Taking to heart how detrimental spiritual blindness toward the word of God can be. Taking to heart how God can enable him to live in this world while belonging to another kingdom. Taking to heart how inconsistency and loving the Lord, with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, can drain him of daily victory. Taking to heart how pride toward God and his word is foolishness. And finally, taking to heart how disdain toward those who slander him renders his testimony ineffective. The psalmist here understands the importance of what it tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. To trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him and he will uh, make our paths straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So may these words from the psalmist today, these words from the eternal word of God, comfort you, guide you, direct you uh, in the remainder of this week. Let's close in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this word today. We thank you for the, uh, the longing in the psalmist's soul, so much so that his soul is crushed with longing for your word. Uh, my prayer for myself, as well as those uh, that are listening today, is that that would define us as well, that we would see that we cannot live without your word. That there's nothing wrong with enjoying the things that you've given us in this world, but we cannot live without your word to guide us and to direct us, realizing that there's going to be times when people come and slander us and assault us 
and we need to be able to know that we can have uh, your truth permeating our thoughts and our actions and our words. Uh, and Lord, may we see, as the psalmist did, that uh, the, this all brought the light to him, and that he would use your word as his counselor to guide him and direct him each and every day. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today, church family, and, and pray that you have a, an awesome Wednesday and a, a remainder of your week, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. Take care.